Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations, where we invite our hosts and guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. This season, we're also looking forward to engaging more with our audience, hearing your enlightened views, and answering questions and topics you would like us to weigh in on. Today's episode is hosted by Michelle Lightworker. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another conversation of Enlightened Conversations. I'm Michelle Lightworker, and I have the wonderful Davina Herbert joining me today. Welcome, Davina. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, it's going to be really great to hear more about what you're up to with the pet energy therapy. And for those of you who don't know Davina, Davina's been doing um, pet energy therapy for the last 15 years. She's also um, got a new book coming out, which we're going to talk about, um, and it's called um, Dancing with the Dancing Doll, um, and it's also a program. So I'm excited to dive in to find out a bit more what the Dancing Doll, Dance with the Doll is. And um, Davina's also studied crystal therapy, aromatherapy, card reading courses, Reiki, theatre healing, and access consciousness. So it's really cool to have you on the show. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing so much more about what you're doing and your approach. It's very exciting. Thanks. Well, like I said, thanks for, for inviting me on. Um, so my vision for the world is a world where animals are recognised for the sentient beings that they they truly mm. are. Yeah. And that we can create a world where there's more equality. Look, look, I'd like to see a totally equal world, but, you know, yeah. that's obviously going to take a piece of time. So as we, I'd like to see then a world that we're moving towards that. Um, yeah. Because to me, like, um, so the book Dancing with Doll, the subtitle of that is mm. Accessing Animal Wisdom. Yeah, because there is so much wisdom that those guys as sentient beings can share with us. But the key is we have to ask. Yeah, And then the other key is we have to be open to receive the information that they're willing to share with us. Yeah, so. I, I agree with you. And I, I feel like too that animals um, from like I've written about them in, in one of my books that I wrote for like worker practitioner training. And I also, I talked about spirit animal guides. I talked about um, totem um, animals, like which is our totem, like represents our energy for this lifetime. I've talked about um, animal spirit guides. Um, and then you've got our pets um, that, that cross over. And I feel like there's all these different like energetic messages that we can be getting like from animals, um, so many archetypal energies that we need to embody. There's there's so many personal messages, especially if our pets have crossed over, hey, and there's also that whole, um, you know, when I when I kind of um, arrive here, what is my, what is the energetic vibration that's going to be supportive of my journey here, like a totem as well. So there's so many, isn't there? And and also the other thing is um, that as you were talking at, uh, that came through for me is that that like, you know, even on our walks and and our nature visitations and and anything that we do in our life, um, like we get, we get, we get animals come to us and and we can actually ask, like you're saying, like, what what do I need to know? What's what's what what does the message does the universe have? And it's like they're conduits for that en- energy as well. Um yep. so yeah, there's so many different things, isn't there, with animals? There are, and look, hey, what you're saying is exactly that's the way I see the world. And mm. my tribe 
are also going to be the people that see that world the world the same way you know um yeah. i know that's not everybody there's some people yeah. that just go like um for instance i'm into horses and when i first had a horse um i was in a stable environment mm-hmm. and as in the, as in the stables yes yeah oh, okay cool a, a stables because we weren't on acreage I wasn't on acreage at the time so okay. I had had to just her at a stable and there was um somebody at the stable that for this person this worth of the horse was whether they did or didn't do well at competition I mean we're only talking low level competitions like we're not talking you know um international competition just like little local shows and stuff um, and that was the sum total of of what the horse was worth. I mean, you know, if you win, you buy, you get a ribbon that's like what fifty cents at the shop. Like, you know. So for me, it was it was a good experience being in the stables because you got exposed to different people, and you can sort of like with everything in life, you know, you can sort of like pick and choose. Okay, yep, I like the way that person interacted with the horse or what they did there. Yeah. that that doesn't work for me so let me leave that aside so it is good interacting with people that aren't always necessarily on your same path because you can go oh okay yeah yep yeah, right that's a different point of view it doesn't work for me thank you yeah, um absolutely let me go over here and play over here with these other people that mm. have have different points of view so. I, I agree and I think my look oh my god my engagement with animals has changed over time you know as well um like when my kids were little we had a menagerie like we had guinea pigs we had um peach-faced lovebirds we had um a cat a dog um we had ducks we had chickens I mean it was just like we had a little menagerie right and um and I felt like that was good in for us then, like from the point of view of, um, I guess, education for kids, understanding how the world works, having conversations about feelings, because, you know, when when you can see an animal reacting, you can you can depersonalise it to a point that a child can understand because sometimes they don't, they don't get how they're feeling, but they can understand how an animal would be feeling, so they develop that empathy. Yeah. Um, and then over time I even worked at a, as a counsellor, I had, um, I was actually working at a cattery uh like I, I had a um cats on the same property in a cattery that I was working at and so I would take the kids over and we we're doing um counseling sessions and if they were having a hard time talking or things like that we'd go and take a walk to the cats and we'd talk we'd talk about how the cats might be feeling and how they were interacting and often you'd find out more about this story because the kids would open up about how they felt in their home about different dynamics but projected onto the cats and you could kind of tell it was quite obvious you know right. and um and then about um like my kids grew up and then I've uh, now I'm in a unit and I, I don't I feel like I travel more I don't really want pets and you know to 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 abandon them really and and also when I go for walks I don't really like it when dogs are on leads because I feel like they're being controlled you know there's kind of stuff that I have and I turned vegetarian three years ago sort of from more a health point of view, but then that's evolved into I don't want to eat these beings anymore. So it's like I had this kind of, and I used to be, I loved, you know, terrible, sound terrible now, but, you know, I just loved crunching on chicken bones. I wouldn't even give it a second thought in my 20s, you know. Um, So I think there's just such an evolution of a relationship that 
you, yeah, it's almost like, yeah, I mean, I, I would say, yes, I'm way part of what your tribe is now. But back then, I, I gosh, I, I just wouldn't have been, I guess. Um, and I think there's always that, isn't it? Like for people, they're on a journey with these relationships, aren't they? Well, it's it's like all of life is is a journey, you know, like like even just talking about food, like, you know, I remember when yeah. I was a kid, my parents tried to get me to eat avocado and I, <laughs> I don't yeah, want true. avocado. Yeah, yeah. I eat avocado, you know, mm-hmm. I sort of like the taste works for me now. And I sort of see that it's a nice addition to my diet. Um, so, you know, like just total sort of like, you know, 180 from where I was. Um, mm-hmm. But like that's all of life. Like we we wouldn't really want to be back where we were when we were in our twenties anyway. Like you know, like it's life's about that whole, or for me anyway, that whole growth and evolution. And and you know, to me, like my life has changed so many. My world worldview has changed so many times. And you know, something new comes into my path, and I'm like. Oh, so the world looks like this, and then you're like, oh, okay, maybe it looks like this. <laughs> and it's so true. <laughs> and, and you sort of keep looking, and sometimes that's hard because sometimes you go, like you know, there've been the odd things, like um, you sort of go, oh my goodness, that is completely sort of like um, my view of the world is completely sort of changed. Um, how do I cope with that? And it, it's sort of like, a ma- do I actually want to embrace this change or do I not? You know, so it's a matter of, oh, yep, okay. Um, and sometimes you have to think about it. Like one of the things I mentioned in the Dancing with Doll book, like I um, I attended a, uh, I think it was, Ra- they called it Raja Yoga or something, mm-hmm. course like probably back when I was in my 20s. And they were talking about like basically self-responsibility and and creating Mm -hmm. your own life that's how I would interpret now what they were saying um and the topic got brought up so how do bad things happen to good people Mm -hmm. and they were sort of talking about well how do we know what people's life lessons are it's their Mm -hmm. journey it's blah 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 yeah I did not go back to that like that was the first lesson of how many I could not go back to that because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my god, that is terrible. Bad things happening to good people. No, 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 no. That's, that's a really bad thing. Mm-hmm. Fast forward many years, you know, I watched my father um, with a degenerative disease. I watched my mother has a degenerative um, disease right now as well. Yeah, their journey is not what I would wish for them, but it's their journey. You know, exactly. Yeah. And all I can do is go, sometimes it's harder than others, but send them love and go, okay, that's their journey. Like I would see them yeah. as good people. Yet yeah. their journey at particularly at the end is like, man, that sucks. You know? I know, right? And it does bring out whatever life lessons need they need to learn. I know mum passed, you know, re- like I say recently, and it's going to be two years in June. It just feels like yesterday, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, like her her chronic um, illnesses towards the end, I mean, they were so, so educational for her to teach her certain things about her, herself. And, we, you know, can't judge an illness by its cover. Uh, sometimes illnesses are the catalyst for change. And I know your horse had an illness that you had helped them through is that right after you'd had some illness of yourself and then 
you'd help them by applying some of the techniques that helped you. Is that right? Am I getting that right? And that helped you get into the pet therapy? Yeah, one of the horses early on. So um, I had in my kind of time gets a bit sort of messed yeah. up, but I think it was like about my late late 20s, I got, mm-hmm. I developed chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to find ways to move through that and get past it. And I always knew I was going to recover from it. Like it was just a matter of how long it was going to take. Now, it took longer than I would have liked. It was about five years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess at no stage did I ever think, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life because I'm like, yeah, this is just a phase I'm going through. Yeah. But as a result of that, rest and medicine really wasn't all that um, helpful for me to yeah, move okay. through it. Yeah, so right. then I started to look at what alternatives were out there. So I looked at herbal medicine, which was a huge, huge help to me. Mm. And the herbalist really helped with my mindset. He actually helped me to bolster that thought that was in my mind that, yes, this is just a period of time yeah, and awesome. I am going to, to get past this. So. Yeah. Um, interestingly, one of the things he encouraged me to do was not to go to a support group because they had chronic fatigue support groups. Okay, yeah. Um, he encouraged me not to go to any of those because he said, mm-hmm. you're going to be mixing with people that probably don't think they can get past it. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be, just do your own thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess that's also been like a life lesson, like what pool do you want to play in? Do you want to yes. play in the pool of people that go, let's just swim in this pile of poo over here? Um, <laughs> or do you want to go in the, pe- you know, swim in the pool of people that go, yeah, we like to swim in, swim in clear water where we can see what we're swimming swimming in. And Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very similar to that. Um, yeah, I, I must admit. Um, well, you know, went to a thousand, thousands and thousands of meetings for recovery from my eating disorder and stuff like that. But um always found that I would gravitate towards the groups that would be focusing on like the steps of the program, the solutions, the, um, you know, the real positive stories. And I think, yeah, um, that definitely in a group situation, like, yeah, you can choose to be in a miserable group, that's for sure or not. And um, that's great. So, so sorry, go on. I concur with that. I'd rather swim in a pool rather than shit. (laughs) Exactly. You know, um, so, anyway, so as, a, as a result of all that, I, I also then um, from there, from the herbal medicine, sort of branched out. And then I, that was when I started to look at um, crystals and aromatherapy and um, the cards, you know, um, because when I'd grown up, it was like, oh, tarot, oh, that's, you know, a bad thing. Um mm-hmm. But by this time, of course, there were angel cards. I'm like, oh, they're so much softer. And <laughs> yes, I started <laughs> the angel cards and then sort of, you know, moved on to like one of my decks now is a horse deck, you know. Nice. Uh, got all pretty horse pictures in it. And it's like, yeah. oh. Um, so and then I got also interested in more the the hands-on modalities such as as the theta, the Reiki, or Theta, I guess, is, is more a bit of changing your beliefs. But the, mm-hmm. um, I did the medical intuitive part of Theta healing mm-hmm. um, and then the the Reiki and the access consciousness. And access consciousness is also about 
looking at your like your your mindset and your belief and asking yourself questions about hey what's this has happened what's really going on behind this like you know um because sometimes it's it's like oh okay we we kind of think that maybe this is a looks like a pimple that's a bit weird but you know underneath there's there's something you know underneath and if we can get to what look at see what really triggered us um you know what and we can shift that then we can actually create more and and for ourselves so yeah um and access also has a lot of hands-on body processes so i i started out um leasing a horse and this horse actually injured her leg one night in her stall and the vet came out and looked at her and said oh we don't have a mobile x-ray machine so all we can say is her leg is injured you just need to keep her um confined so she's not moving around as minimal movement um and then she needed antibiotics and stuff like that but what that um that incident what that brought up for me was like hey i'm using this hands-on healing stuff and clearing some beliefs and doing stuff for me what about I use it with this horse? So yeah, yeah. I did. Why not? Mm. And at the end of the six weeks, so the vets luckily never actually x-rayed the the hoof, which was good because that didn't create any, um, to my mind, that didn't create any sort of preconceptions in, in people around me um, mm. about what was really going on for, for this little horse. Um, but at the end of that, her hoof was totally sound. But she had a really... So, but I, I spoke to her and I'm like, okay, you know, I can do these hands-on processes for you and we can do some belief work and, you know, make sure that you have the, um, the mindset that's the most conducive to you being healthy. Um, are you up for this? And she was up for it. So it's like, okay, let's do it, you know. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, we think animals can't talk. But if we only ask those questions and then be willing to lis- listen and be receptive with all of our all of our faculties, so whether it's our heart space, our body, is our body saying yes to, you know, the answers coming through, are they a yes or a no in our body as we look at the animal or can we hear them actually um, on an energetic level or is our, is our third eye able to see it, that yes, you know, in their energy or mm. we're getting just we just know it's a yes. I think that's very important for people to understand is animals are communicating with really, aren't they? I mean, they're communicating with us all the time. And mm. it's just a matter of us asking the right questions sometimes and then just being a, a willing recipient to listen to what that answer and truth is. It is. And and like, you know, people receive their messages differently, you know, whereas yes. some people are more auditory and they will hear something some people a bit more visual and might see the answer or or right. more feeling and might just feel it in their body so yes. you know it is knowing and and sometimes people it can be a combination of you know one day you feel it one day you hear it, it you know yeah yeah absolutely it, it is knowing hey what is this for me but mm-hmm. what i i the way i talk to people about it now is the way i see it we're all energetic beings mm-hmm. and our first language is energy so we all speak the same language as humans. The, then we've gone on to make 
English our primary language, which mm. in some ways has put us behind because often we then sometimes don't listen to our intuition and we go more on the words. And, you know, like you sort of say to somebody, how are you? And they go, oh, I'm good. Mm. Well, you know, in the English words mean, hey, everything's hunky-dory. But then when you listen to the tone and you sort of look at their body language and you sort of feel into them, you know, yeah, it's not, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So animals just go straight to that looking at your your body language and your energy and, and they're not caught up with, well, the words you're using are saying, you know. Um, yeah, they just know, don't they? Just take one look at you. <laughs> You know what's going on with you. <laughs> so why can't we do it? Why can't we do the same with them? You know, in that way, like do do the more, you know, uh, yeah. Without the words, just take it all in and and see what they're really telling us. Well, one of the things that I do say, um, I've, I've, one of the things I talk about in the book is when working with horses and clients. Um, because I, I had a program that I used to teach called the Walking Tour program. Nice. That's now part of the Dancing with Doll course as the Dancing with Doll course um, aligns with the book that's coming out in early April. Um, and so now the Walking Tour has just, yeah, that's now just part of Dancing Being with Doll. Integrated. Yep, yep. Yeah. But in that part when I had people, so that was more, hand, that part's more hands-on, on with with horses and people not riding per se but just being around the horses and mm. in their energy and and looking at what lessons being around the horse can teach them yeah so um but one it, of the, like, it develops that sensitivity that's for sure that there's no doubt about it like you know there's I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just putting myself in your energy of what you're talking about and I'm seeing somebody who's not usually receptive become much more receptive and much more intuitive because of being willing to be in the energy of the horse. You really do need to kind of settle and be open and listen and breathe and don't you? Like it's a different vibe. It, it is. And, and so it, the horses can teach us so much. Um, and that, that's how the whole book came about because, like, my mare, Doll, um, she's taught me so many life lessons. Like, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't just about riding. It, it's it's about life. And so that's how the book came about, to share mm-hmm. the life lessons. And, look, primarily they're the lessons from Doll, but there are also other animals that I've worked with and some of them have been, um, like, our own animals as well mm-hmm. but it's it's like what life lessons can we learn from from the animals and and one of them is about sometimes like like before we have that incongruity between what we're saying and the feeling that we're projecting out mm-hmm. and so what I say to people when they're working with particularly when they're working with the horses if you feel frightened own it and ask the horse for help like if yeah. you go yeah. Oh yeah, I'm fine. Everything's fine, mm. and yet your your en- whole energy is like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, it's that's a bit of a, a that can freak out a horse. 
Yeah, it, it's just a, a like a bit discordant. Incon- you know? Incongruency, yeah. Yeah, it so. And, and it's like when we're not owning our, it's, it, that's a good example of when we're not owning our own um, current state of reality and emotional uh, feelings that what happens is they spill out. And because animals are so sensitive that we, they will, feel them and they will act them out and like a child will act out your feelings. And that's why I was always really mindful when I was counselling adults and children to help them to learn to own their um, feelings because I was concerned for their pets. Like if they came in and they said that, oh, my pet's really struggling right now, I'd be like, okay, let's look at (laughs) what's going on with you. Or another family member at the moment that could be contributing to that mess because Mm. that's... Often what happens, not every single time, sometimes there are transactions that we need to walk through that teaches things about lots of things, but there is that, isn't there, that the the, the animals are so um, open on the astral plane that they, they just absorb it quite quickly. And, and so when people, you know, and that's even what I, I write about in the book, like, you know, when I was going, oh, doll, you're being such a rich today. What is going on with you? And she yeah. looked at me and like, yeah, back at you. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So what that look they give you. <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> So, you know, I had I had to then look at what was going on for me and own it, you know, and, and then often I would apologise to her later and go, yeah, you know, hey, look, you know, I'm sorry I got cranky because, yep, I, I recognise it, it's not about you. It it was about me not owning what was going on for me. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really important for people to hear is that, yes, we do don't uh, we are walking around unconscious sometimes of how we're feeling what we're doing and what our energy is doing and um i think when we are able to make an amends to our pets it's a really powerful thing it might sound really stupid to some people oh yes sure apologize to your pet like they'd understand but what you're doing is far more powerful powerful you could be healing your pet by taking that back owning it and they're not having to carry it and it really liberates them and frees up their energy and makes them a, like a happier um pet or mm. animal or therapy wherever you are mm. yes exactly and um mm. and it's it's about taking responsibility for you you know mm. hey I was walking around with my cranky pants on you know mm-hmm. um and um and I'm yeah you might have been a really valid reason for that but then when you look at it again it's like how long do I want to keep the cranky pants on you know yeah. do I really want to keep in that space or you know, how far is this taking me at my essence? I am love and lovable, you know, and and if I'm walking around cranky, then I've taken myself away from the pure essence of who I am. And, you know, the animals, you know, or, uh, indeed all of nature as well, is love and lovable. And so, you know, if I'm walking around, you know, like talking about so much of nature around and, and animals around mm-hmm. us, how many times do you go for a walk and there's maybe this pretty little bird who's flitting around and singing and good morning, it's morning. In in our current society, we're all so busy. We're either on a screen and we're walking around looking at that and we're not looking at what's around us. We're not engaged with our own world. Mm. You know, so 
our animals are there to remind us, hello, would you like to engage again? You know, look at the blue sky. It's beautiful. The green trees, you know, the blue of the water, the the beauty of the birds singing. You know, it's, it's, there's so much beauty and wonder around us. Um, but often we are too distracted by what is is um, you know by modern things like the looking at computers and mobile phones and stuff all the time, which takes yeah. us away from our intuition. You know, it's. Um, I think I think like the the world becomes more like more magical when you choose to notice what's like really around you and what's communicating to you it actually becomes really magical and it forms a real bond and a more of a connection with spirit you Mm. know um and the universe and your heart space as you know um so tell me more about like your book and and why you wrote it what what it's you know what its purpose is um love to know that um so i wrote the book my Mayor Dole, um, she passed in end of September last year. Oh, okay. And we'd been together for about 15 years. So wow. sort of around the time. She, so she's been around for most of pet energy therapy sort of um, time. So um, she, it, I'd had two people say to me, because I, for me, it's interesting, writing is something I've resisted a lot throughout my life. When I was at school, writing was so easy for me. Mm. And yet over the years, I resisted it chronically. Mm. Um, and I've known there have been books there that, you know, are waiting for me to bring them into the world. Um, and it was just like, okay, and I've had a few goes, but then I've put the projects to one side. So two people told me within about the space of maybe about a month or so, um, to write a book about the business and I'm like oh, I don't know but then somehow that morphed and all of a sudden it's like oh it's about Dole and her life lessons that she's taught me because that enables Dole to live on I mean Dole's spirit is still around anyway but then Dole's message can get out to more people via the book so within a month I'd settled down, written the book and um, sent it off to a publisher for a read review. Mm-hmm. And and because, you know, you sort of think, oh, I don't know, is this any good? Will anyone mm-hmm. want to read this? Um, and the feedback I got from the editor was, wow, this is great. Um, awesome. Maybe, you know, tighten up a couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but yes, definitely, this is a great book. There's lots of because there is, like it's like I said, it's somebody I was talking to about the book and they said, oh, I don't have a horse, so, you know, I wouldn't get your book. But it's not like whilst a horse is is featured prominently throughout the book, it is really what did she teach me about life. Cool. And um, All those and lessons. I, yeah, and like, you know, there are other horses, there are um, clients, some client animals. Um, sometimes those situations might have been changed a little bit just because, you know, of, yeah, of yeah. Privacy. Just, um, mm-hmm. You sort of might, I might, you know, have made the, the situations a little bit 
Vegas obviously want to respect everyone's privacy. So, mm-hmm. um, but um, but yeah, it's about um, dogs, you know, um, and and life lessons from them, and also respecting them. Like you know, um, I can actually hear my boy yeah. in the background. I was just about to say, oh my god, what timing is that? Like the dog is coming right through. <laughs> yeah, so I've got one under the desk here, one behind the desk over there and then you know the one uh, at, at the front door um and and I say that's my office team like my office team is is dull is still mm-hmm. you know part of my office team yeah. um and it's it's the the three dogs as well so mm-hmm. you know we sort of Dabrowski tends to come and go being the male sometimes he wants to hang out here sometimes he doesn't the girls yeah. hang out with me most of the time in the office so yeah, I'm getting it's a little bit more protective of the outer space and the girls are more protective of your inner space. Yes, yes. And and like I said, we've got I've got a new little puppy and the little puppy is is under the desk. So I oh. um, I can't stretch my feet out too much. <laughs> <laughs> but, but one of the less the things I talk about in the book is um Dabrowski and Lou they're the older dogs they've been with us for about six years mm-hmm. and um actually probably it's a bit longer because we've been here just over six years anyway we'll, we'll say you know say seven years um and when I first got them I took Dabrowski to obedience lessons and we ended up obedience school dropouts um <laughs> and because on the last day of the first class we went to, um, he had to drop to, like he did everything else and he needed to drop to pass to the next class and he wouldn't do it. And the judge instructor or the, the actual class instructor said, I've seen him do it, I know he can. And the judge was saying, well, I've got to see him to actually, for him to pass, so, you know, um no you can't we could have done a bridging class but I'm like you know what we're over it let's just not do it but when I reflected back I actually wasn't being very respectful of Dabrowski because they had a rule that you had to um, feed them like two hours before class or something like obviously because they don't want the oval full of droppings Mm -hmm. um and that particular night I was running late and um, so, the yeah, the dogs didn't get fed before we went to, to class. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my dinner, um, but they didn't. And yeah. Ruska was just, you know. Ready. He was just like, talk to the poor mama. Yeah, ready, um, yeah. And and when I reflected on it, it's like, well, hey, I was willing to have my dinner. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to class without dinner. And it wasn't really fair to him that I asked him to go to class without dinner. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I get why he didn't, you know, yeah. do it. Um, and it really was a perfectly sort of reasonable thing to express, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Bit of, bit of rebel coming through. <laughs> yeah, look, he is, he is a little bit of, you know, it, and, and look, we encourage that in all the animals to, you know, mm. express their own personality because yeah. I don't want a cookie cutter animal, you know. I don't want one that's just frightened and will just tell me what they think they want me to hear. You know, I want yeah. one. And that was like with Dole, always encouraged her own personality for her to be 
might not always have agreed with her, but mm-hmm. always encouraged her to have her own personality. Like, you know, when she didn't laugh at my own jokes, I was like, doll, obviously, what's with my, my jokes? <laughs> you know, I roll. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and she'd walk off. And I'm like, yeah, doll, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Joke, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, really, Mama? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? so, I keep it real, don't they? They're like, mm. <laughs> they, they do, you know. And and um, it does also make it more funny when they walk off. And go, yeah, 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 yeah. Really? What are you drinking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and and so great. I'm so excited about your new book, and and you're bringing through all these le- life lessons. So it's a really personal book, and you've also integrated some of the teachings from the from the program. Tell me more about that too. Um, so it's morphing and changing at the moment. Yeah. So as um, books do, and as information does, I know I I, I get it. Um, so totally get that. So um, what the first part of the new revised Dancing with Doll course is mm. I'm offering a three-month course in April, May, and June. And that's um, based on um, some of the lessons in the beginning part of the book, yep. um, talking about confidence and intuition and just sort of like being, you know, grounded in, in yourself. So yeah. that's a, a three-month journey with that one. It's all online. Um, so to make it easier, people Easy. don't have to travel. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And then there's a Facebook group to support everyone for the three months. So there's three group meetings and then there's three one-on-one meetings to further explore what the, the theme for that month is. Um, yep. But these are all based on like living your your best, most authentic life, being the leader in your own life. All the stuff that dolls taught me about how to show up for myself. You know, mm. I, I can't really expect anyone else to show up for me mm. if I'm not willing to show up for me. It's so. true. And it changes your relationships too. Um, when you start to show up for yourself, it's when people don't show up for you it's extremely it it makes an impact like it's not something that we accept as okay anymore whereas in the past we might have and when people don't listen or show up for us or care we might have gone oh well you know not even thought about it but when we start to show up for ourselves and we're energetically connecting and and really there for ourselves that's when I think we start to, I don't want to say command, um, like an availability from people. It's not from a command place, but it kind of feels like energetically our energy is commanding it. So because we often, I find we repel people that aren't there for us. You know, it's like we, it's not even like we're trying to make it happen. Does that, does that make sense, Davina? Yeah, yeah, totally. It, it's mm. it's really like I guess attracting yeah your people who are heading in the same direction with you, mm. and those mm. that aren't just tend to fall away for whatever reason because they think you're cuckoo or you know yeah um, yeah they, could be a number of things yeah they just you know it, the times don't mesh even mesh up to meet mm. those people anymore or it's true. 
you know, like when you do mesh, meet with them and you're like, oh, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just going through a phase. I'll meet with these people. And in your gut, you know, it's not in your best interest. Yeah. yeah. But you feel like you should and you meet yeah, up. Because this is my friends for, you know, 500 years. I have to meet with them. And yeah. then you meet with them and you're like, yeah, so it's not that yeah that's not that sort of um like yeah it's it's like this isn't it like that infinity bounce thing where yeah if if you're being fed but you're giving at the same time I mean it's yes it is like that it, it's not yeah I think I think in the early days of my own realizations on how much I hated myself um I I I expected someone else's love to like to give me that so I didn't feel that um um I think then that when that changed to I look it's actually great loving myself and I'm really loving it and then I really noticed it when somebody wasn't turning up for me and um and then I met my my third husband um in 2007 and it was just this natural feeding thing where they'd had they had sort of been single for a couple years dating and things like that but um, and I was looking at sort of um, not probably not dating, uh, not sorry, not being in a relationship for a couple of years, but it just it was so natural, so that thing that because he was a giver too, we're both givers a lot, a lot in relationship, and often they say opposites attract, and on some levels I think opposites may attract, but because they're teaching you lessons and they're helping you grow that aspect, and you're attracted to that because you want more of that in your life, and that's fine, but. In that situation, I think I was kind of the first time I was really with somebody who was as invested in giving as I was as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the right timing to step in, to lean into a relationship. Um, so we've been together since, yeah, since then and married two years after we met. So, we, yeah, I kind of feel like um, that's a really big part of my journey um, that you've been talking about um, and I, I just wanted to share that. Well, it, it is. It's like that simultaneity. As you gift, you receive, and as you mm. receive, you gift. So it's it's yeah. like it's never it's never about you. And that's what like I tell people that you know, like we were saying before, that come to me with the cat and go, well, mm. you know, the cat's waking me up at three o'clock in the morning. Mm. Well, it's never like it's never just about the cat. And in this particular case. Um, the cat was worried about the owner crossing over. So we, um, so the cat kept waking the owner up, concerned that they were going to, to cross over. So, mm. um, so we did a, you know, and, and that's what I tell people like, there's some things like you, you need to respect the animal's DNA. So, like, a dog is a dog, they're a hunter, you know. Um, and they got like a group consciousness. Like, I know they've got their own individual personalities because they've they've come through for a reason I think as a soul contract to to connect with you and to grow and things I think there's a lot of that but I also feel like there's this like like I do agree with Rudolf Steiner when he said there's you know catness and there's dogness and that's that's their that's their ness you know that's their how do I put that that what you said what did you say again their um well, that's their, 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 their like their DNA that's yeah. like who they are and you need to respect that like I can't yeah. expect whilst um like uh horses and and dogs 
have a lot of similar similarities, like they're both herd animals. But the difference is like um, a dog will often run, stay and fight, whereas a horse's first response is to fly in yeah. in terms of, of if there's danger. danger. So that's something you need to that's always true. respect. Like, you know, our horses are in the paddock. We feed in the paddock. So I have to always remember our horses are really good guys. Like they mm. know us, they respect us. But I have to always remember they are flight animals at the end of the day. If I'm feeding a horse and standing right in front of them, I, you know, they're probably not going to run me over because they know me if something happens. But do I really want to be in the position of testing that? Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, respect, you, like respect the energy. Yes, you, you do. Yeah. And you need to be aware, like, you know, mm. that's one of the things that I, I say, like when I'm in the paddock with the horses and like I said, because we feed them, you know, all together in the, in the paddock, you, you need to be aware of, you need to look at the herd dynamics, you know, um, yeah. they, they have a, a hierarchy and a structure. You need mm. to know, push on whom, you know, yeah. like this horse is more dominant. They can push on that one. So if you're yeah. feeding down from that one where you, where are you going to stand? Where is going to be the safest? And often I've got the dogs with me as well, like 99% of the time I've got the dogs with me. So I'm looking at where we all need to stand to keep all of us safe, mm. horses, dogs, and, and you know, human. Um, yeah. But I, I, but it's also, like I said, it's respecting that a horse is a flight animal. They will tend to maybe run if they get scared or if they're dominant and they're wanting feed time there's a, is a lot of movement you know i can't ask the horses to change that that's who they are that's part of their dna so i would never ask True. them to would ask them not to uh. run over me but you know it, it's like respecting um what is part of their generic makeup that it is not okay to ask them to change and what things are around the sort of edges that you can ask them to change like that cat I was talking about before you know it was concerned for its human so we did some negotiations saying hey you know this particular mm -hmm. person was an early riser instead of waking a human up at three in the morning right that they're going to pass over you know now the human is aware of that they've taken that on board can you maybe go push that to five you know mm -hmm. and then they'll wake you up and then they'll they'll do breakfast and happy days and that worked really well. So it was respecting that, you know, the cat was rode for the human. We'd communicated the message and and that was understood. But, hey, can we push? And that was an easy one that we could push that boundary a little bit, you know. Yeah. They're going to get up around five anyway, just, you know, if they don't break them up five. Um, mm. But, you know, it, but it was not asking the cat to not wake the human up because that was something that they felt they needed to do. So it was honouring who the cat was and what they needed to do, um, but also allowing the human to get a good night's sleep too. So Yeah, no, that's, that makes a lot of sense. And so what is the most, uh, I guess, exciting part of your new book that your, I guess, you know, if it makes your heart sing? Well, it, it really is about sharing the animal wisdom, getting that out there with, with people um, mm -hmm. because there's some people that they're going to read the book and they're going to go, oh, I knew that. I knew my animals had wisdom to share with me. Um, and then there'll be some people that'll go, oh, I never thought of 
with that. Hey, yeah. let me let me start to because like I said, my my vision is is of a world where we are looking at the animals as sentient beings. And it all starts with us. And and I mm-hmm. guess that was really where the book started. It's like, you know what? I need to stand up. I need to say, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. This is the world that I would like to live in. Yeah. Because I can't complain if I'm living in a world I'm like, this world sucks. If it's I'm okay. not willing not to stand up it. and go, yeah. hello, this yeah. is what I believe in. So That is so awesome. I love that. And it feels like that, yeah, often we think that when our pets pass over like they're gone like there's I'm not saying we don't grieve them because we like to have them around and their energy and their presence is so powerful when it's around us especially when we've got a close relationship with them but what I think um is beautiful about you know it's like so lovely I feel a little bit teary saying this but you know with Dole and and her and the passing there and I just feel like you know the messages are, are they live on and our pets, if they haven't been able to communicate things with us while they're with us in a physical form, it doesn't mean that we can't access those those things now. And I, I feel like it's a beautiful gift to her mm-hmm. that back to Doll that, that you're doing this book by saying, I value your wisdom. And it's also like a legacy for, for Doll. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I feel like it's they're still here with us, you know, <laughs> in a in a very powerful way through your book. Look, she is, and and the book is dedicated to Doll. Mm. Um, so um, because she was the driving force behind it, you know, and as like yeah. Doll says, you know, all, of course, all the good ideas come from Doll. Um, so um, you know, and Doll is definitely still with me. Like I, I had a mm. session with a client not long after Doll passed. And I was still dealing with some of the aspects of the grief of it. And Dole came through really clearly. And she's, mm. you know, was telling me, um, you know, are you listening to what you're telling the client? You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cheeky. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. You really. Yes. Yes. Okay. I need to concentrate on the client now. Yep. Yeah. Give me your saying, Dole. And I will, you know, process that. Because there was parts about Dole's passing that, you know, I was feeling guilty about. And the universe oh. is absolutely amazing how it works you know yeah but still dealing with dolls the grief over dolls death and 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 yeah. probably not so much I guess the grief more the guilt of all the should have I should have yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. um and and then the universe brings me this client just you know probably I think it was like maybe not even two weeks after doll passed um and the client was dealing with grief over the death of an animal and so, you know, obviously I start tuning into the energy, talking to them, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, dog pops up. Hello. Mm. <laughs> Are you listening? Yeah. Oh, yes, doll. Yes, I'm listening. Yeah. So, um, wow. you know, so it's to me, energy is energy. And that doll is no longer in a physical body, which, you know, it means I can't pat her anymore. I can't ride her anymore. And so that they were things that, you know, hey, I would like to still be able to do. Um, but Doll had some health issues and it was time for her to leave that body. But I still have her energy with me through, um, A, the life lessons that she's taught me through the book, which will then get shared with other people. And then also just 
you know, Crystal's spirit is still still with me. So yeah, that's beautiful. I um I had a dog um puck, a little uh little um tan coloured uh dash hound cross Jack Russell. So he he was like just a little bit taller than a dash hound. So um short hair and um he I had him from 1996 to about 2008, so a long time. And he um, often, like, um, he had a walk about him. So, like, when we were walking along, he'd often when I don't know, he had this walk where he'd, like, walk along and then um, he'd, he'd skip a walk. Like, he'd skip a, his, his little back leg would skip, you know. And often when I'm going for my walks and I see a dash hound, um, I, I'll be thinking of him and then the dog skips. And I kind of feel like they do channel their energy through to other animals around us too. Have you ever felt that with, with you know, after doll passed, if you, if you had that experience? Not through other animals per se. Yeah. Um, but I have had, it's, it's interesting. Um, I was talking to, had a conversation recently with somebody about, um, animals our, our beloved animal spirits coming back into different bodies mm-hmm. and um yeah. uh i have felt for some for some time that the older dog she reminded me i had a dog like i've had dogs since i was three years old Gosh, my first this, dog was, was, this was my next question so it's funny you're talking about it now so that's amazing <laughs> yep picking up on it yeah um, so i had um a dog Coco. She was my parents got her when um, I was three years old, and she was a, a great girl. Each dog that I've had has taught me more about dogs and dog ownership. And then each one has pushed the boundaries a little bit more mm-hmm. about you know. Um, so Coco was actually a dog dog, and she had to live in the laundry downstairs, and you know, um, but. When I've looked at Lou, I have often felt I can see Coco in her face. Yeah. And so then when I was talking to, um, uh, having this conversation recently, then I was like, okay, I've felt that, but I've never actually addressed the energy and said, hey, you know, is the same energy of Coco also there in Lou? And that was what I got that it was. And yeah. like just with Dole, for instance, I felt that we'd had a lifetime in Ireland together. So I would often mm-hmm. talk to Dole in Gaelic because I learned Gaelic for fun, you know, because mm-hmm. um, yeah. I actually have Irish heritage on both mum and dad's side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned Gaelic for fun and I would talk to Dole in Gaelic, you know, and ask mm-hmm. her how she was going and call her my friend. Like Anamkara is mm-hmm. sole friend. It's a Gaelic mm-hmm. term. So I just to honour because I felt that, you know, we'd had that. And Dabrowski, I, I feel like we've had many lifetimes. Like he is, he is my boy. Yeah. He couldn't be more my boy if he had two, two feet instead of four paws. Yeah, know? that's amazing, isn't it? And I think, yeah, that's interesting. It's like they come to help us grow. They come to help us, ser- like to serve us on some other soul contract level and like, and and just because they're gone now doesn't mean we won't see them again, like even yep. in another physical form, this lifetime, another lifetime. And I think that that's why they they are so precious to us. But, you yes. know, 
animals are so precious to us. And I'm so excited about your your messages, what you're doing, your work. Your it's it's fantastic. I'm I'm in, I'm enthralled about the the program that you've got running. Um, and where can people find you so that you know if they want to connect with you, they can um, you know easily access all these things that you've got on offer. Yep. So thepetenergytherapy.com is my website. So that's T-H-E-P-E-T-E-N-E-R-G-Y-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also on the socials, YouTube. I actually don't do much on there at the moment, um, yep. but Facebook and Instagram are sort of the other main ones that that I'm on. Um, so Instagram, it's under... Um, uh, I think it's actually pet energy rules on pet pet energy uh, rules. <laughs> oh, I love it! <laughs> yeah, on, um, on, on Facebook because I could change the name, so I'm like, oh, it's fun. Um, it's nice. And um, and yeah, and that then connects to my Instagram account mm. as well. So awesome, awesome. Well, I'm um, look. We'll be looking forward to um to seeing your book come out and uh, celebrate with you. Uh, celebrate with Doll and um. It's been beautiful chatting with you and having a lot of the uh, confirmations that I felt that I just felt like it's really good to have things validated and confirmed when it comes to this arena. Um, and I've, I've certainly valued um, working with pets and in a relationship sense and I know and, and I feel like if I'd had the knowledge that I had now back then when I was doing private practice with my counselling, I probably would have focused more on the development of intuitive abilities and things like that, which you're obviously doing, which I commend. I think it's fantastic work, Davina. So thank you so much for for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Like, you know, it's always wonderful to, you know, talk to like-minded people and and as you exchange ideas, you sort of validate each other and it's that yep. whole hosting and receiving like we were talking about before, you know, I yeah. learn from you, you learn from me and it's a, yeah it's you know we all then learn more that we can then go out to share with other people so yeah absolutely exactly our our world will expand it's exactly right so we encourage you all to do the kind of things that we're doing (laughs) have those have those conversations that validate yourself and and make you you feel like your soul is growing and enriched so thank you again Davina and we'll see you all next time on enlightened conversations bye for now